What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Duke, Brandon, and Lucas look forward to putting their meat on the table in 2021 and beyond. Football is finally here. Like, it's it's officially here. Football season is back, and we are here to cover it for you. Obviously, we don't know if he's in quote-unquote football shape, but me personally, I think he's going to come out super rejuvenated and just absolutely eat people alive. Okay, dude, you've been feeding us the same crap for three years now going on four. Like, until we actually see this, we need to stop giving Matt Nagy the benefit of doubt that it's just going to happen. Listen, it's chicken or egg at this point. We're back. I am all the way reeled in on this team. I don't know how they continue to do it, but Justin Fields is our quarterback, and there is nobody on God's winner that can tell me anything otherwise that this team is not trending in the right direction. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. <laughs> You're such a jack. We ain't fucking leaving! What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Bears on Tap. Um, we are here to, dis- to discuss our first win of the year. Bears are now 1-1. One and one. Andy Dalton is 1-1. One and one. Um, Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. Make sure you give him a follow. And that pod guy, Duke, are joining me. I'm Lucas on Tap. Uh, you can go ahead and follow all of us at those handles if you like what you hear. I mean, yeah, today they won. Today the Bears won, and, and as exciting as it could be, obviously there's a ton of storylines. Andy Dalton went down. We don't know how significant his injury is. Um, Justin Fields came in. There were some drop, t- you know, drop touchdowns. There were some turnovers, which was great to see. Uncle Sean had the turnover bucket coming, only one big play. But, boys, how are we feeling today? Yeah, so um, I don't know if anyone knows this, or I'm sure some people do, but uh, that guy in the intro that says that Duke, Brandon, Lucas are putting their meat on the table, that guy is Roquan Smith, and he put his fucking meat on the table today. First career touchdown, interception on Joe Burrow. I believe that was the second of three in a row on Joe Burrow. Or no, that was the first of three in a row on Joe Burrow. So Roquan Smith setting the the tone on defense, putting his meat on the table, was just all over the field today. You just... Love to see it. Bears win, baby. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. All pro Quan, all pro trendsetter. Absolutely. Imagine thinking he's not the best inside linebacker in the entire NFL. Like, it's absurd to me. I don't know. And they almost blew it at the end, too. They uh I don't like Fields throwing it on third down, like just run it and punt it. You're literally if if Fields farted, the people behind the goalposts could have smelled that shit. That's how close they were when he threw that pick. So I don't like putting your rookie quarterback in that position. But yeah, drop catches, drop touchdown catches, stuff of that nature, stuff that you don't want to see to where we could have had a, a bigger margin of victory, but the boys still held on one and one and we're on to uh shitbox Cleveland. Yeah, let's actually start off with the Justin Fields pick because, sure, terrible throw. He's a rookie. First actual game action in an NFL, like a real game, regular season game. Sure, didn't look good at all. Bad decision. But when when your offensive game plan is to throw drags, um, especially on third down, short of the sticks, like that's so easy to have a, a defensive lineman drop back, do do a nice little drop back and um, 
and pick the ball off and, and run with it. You know what I mean? So I do like, there are some things that Justin Fields had two uh, false starts. That's something clearly if he had some more time with the ones that wouldn't be a, a problem at all. Um, but yeah, man, I, some of the things that were going on in the game, it's like, yeah, the bears are back, but they're not, you know? Yeah. You know, I think more than anything, the defense is back um, it, for what they showed in the first three quarters. I think, uh, I think it was obviously really impressive. Um, the three interceptions on a guy like Joe Burrow, that's not something to shake your stick. That at. was on like, three plays, three back to back to back plays, but he also was, had two touchdowns in back to back plays. So just a complete anomaly in a wild ass game from Burrow. Yeah, and mind you, you know, go look back what he did against Minnesota last week. Like, he looked damn good, and he is every bit of the first overall pick quarterback that the Cincinnati Bengals drafted. Like, the talent on him is absolute. There's there's no denying it. But, and it was kind of one of the keys that we brought up in the pregame, getting pressure to Joe Burrow was the key to the success. Every time we got him under duress, those balls were coming flailing out of there. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't a beautiful ball that you see him throw, like, say, at LSU when he has perfect protection. That's uh, that's us getting to the quarterback. Robert Quinn got to the quarterback. And getting to him Will early, Matt too. got to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah both of them had it within, I want to say, within, like, the first 12, 15 minutes of the game, which I, I don't think you understand how important that is. Getting a guy like Joe Burrow off his spot who's super calm, cool, and collected in, in the pocket, you need to get him off his spot early and make him feel you early. And that's something that Robert Quinn did. And, of course, he had the idiotic penalty, which – I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a penalty. trash. It's a dumb it's a penalty, but it's a dog shit penalty. Yeah, and, but he knows better. He's like a a ten year vet at this point. You cannot make that play to Sean Gibson. I think that was a really soft penalty, and I think they actually started calming down on those because there's a lot of times where I feel like it's a natural reaction. Dude just gets up and flexes in your face when they make a play on you. So we saw that happen. That was kind of rough, but it didn't actually change the game. None of the calls, in my opinion, were so crucial that they changed the game. It did make things tighter for a little while. Just like that Justin Fields interception, like all of our buttholes kind of collectively clenched when as soon as T. Higgins got that ball at the end zone, it was like, oh, wow, 20 to 17. But the Bears did effectively run the clock out thanks to a great play by Justin Fields, scrambling, getting out of the pocket, looking like he should have been sacked, dead to rights. And the thing that's most impressive about this kid it seems like he's effortlessly running to the corner and he just knows he's going to get it. He, it's just like he knows he's going to make it around the edge and there's no chance some random outside linebacker or defensive lineman is going to be able to close that gap on him. And you saw it two or three times, that being one of those plays. Um, the kid's special. And I think our guy, Alap, I hope he's listening right now, I think he put it perfectly. Justin Fields is ready. I don't know if the Bears offense is ready. Yeah, and you know, I think that's a really good point. Um, I also think part of the reason why Fields was running so often today was his lack of reps with the first team offense, which has just been something that's been very noted, you know, even by Matt Nagy himself basically saying that we're going to use Justin on the scout team so he gets a better look on defense. But the, there's a couple things that's wrong with that, and that's not building timing with your offensive line, which was shown with those false starts. Um, not being able to kind of understand what your wide receivers are going to do on every play. Like, uh, you know, there's, it's one thing to understand the playbook and understand the route concept that somebody's running. It's another to know your wide receiver enough to know what he's going to do if something breaks down, you know, and that's just something Justin Fields doesn't, hasn't had today, or he hasn't had up to this point yet. Cause he has not had enough time with guys like Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney, or even Cole Komet, you know, no fucking way. 
He's got such a shit box Wi-Fi. He just disappeared. Yo, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know what just happened with that. You're on mute, by the way, Lucas. Yo, we're killing it. Not to get distracted, though. No, yeah, that was funny. I'm, but not to not to get distracted here. Big Gun One. Duke's supposed to be the tech guy out of us three. Me and Beatdown are clearly meat and potatoes. Duke's supposed to be the guy that knows what he's doing, and he clearly doesn't. But Big Gun One, Big Gun One makes a great point. Dalton was rolling today. The offense looked really good with Dalton. Like he was making was scrambling and shit, dude. That's the problem, though. Like TCU Dalton on his second scramble, his knee exploded. Like, like, so it's like he, that's not his game. He was making his best Justin Fields impression. And to be honest, I think the offense looked way more efficient with, with Andy Dalton today. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'll give, I'll give Matt Nagy that credit. The offense clearly has a bit more cohesion, but I think that also has to do with the install and preparation going into the year as well. I think Justin Fields as a top end talent is clearly better. Dylan chill out. Okay. The team, no one wants to fucking see Andy Dalton. No one. So yes, I will admit did things look better? Great. But the Bears still got out of it with Justin Fields getting another half of experience Justin Fe- and, and, and getting a win. And that's what really matters. It's developing Justin Fields and moving forward. Andy Dalton will not be a Chicago Bear past 2021. Well, and, and to the point before, of course, my internet decided to cut out because, you know, I'm a jag off. Um, that's, that's a lot, that has a lot to do with Andy Dalton being able to work with the ones. Like, there is obviously going to be continuity with the offensive line and with the receivers, you know, and that's why Andy Dalton looked well. You know, Andy Dalton is an NFL veteran quarterback. You know what I mean? I don't have a lot of problems with Andy Dalton per se. I have more problems with the guy who's trotting him out there. I have more problems with the guy who's calling the plays. You know, that's where my problems come from. Andy Dalton's run plenty of NFL offenses. He's going to be able to get something out of this out of this group. You know, you have, you know, Darnell Mooney and uh not Anthony it? Miller. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I jumped on Anthony Miller there for a minute. Marquise Goodwin you know, is a plenty of players. Cuz cuz you got Marquise Goodwin running out of the slot now and he is he a great nice addition. He's a great addition. I think yeah, the dude, dude is explosive. If he stays healthy, he's a great addition. Track star, baby. He's got that track star speed, and he's got the footwork, man. Big Gun 1, subscribe to the podcast, and you'll hear what our problem with Nagy is extensively for a long time. But we're going to celebrate this victory right now. All right, my guy? But he almost ruined it, just to, to put that out there. I mean, yeah. the Bears offense scored 13 points, and they had four turnovers. Yeah, well, but I'm, the- I'm saying, like... If I'm head coach, even though Justin Fields is the one who made the throw, just put it in Monty's gut, suck it up, and punt it. Because at the very worst, what was there, three minutes and 30 seconds left in the game? They had one timeout or maybe two. You still have to drive all the way down the field and score and then have to kick it onside. You know and he's saying? still undefeated at calling a timeout and somehow the play getting worse. <laughs> there, there's, there has to be something with Bubble that. Bubble and bullshit was. There are so say, many yeah. fucking penalties <laughs> and negative plays after the Bears call a timeout on offense. It's actually insane at this point. And you know what I think it is? I think it's because Quentin actually brought this up. Our guy Buckus on tap, Buckus stats and analytics. I'm sure a lot of you guys know about it. He did bring up that um, Matt Nagy's better when the other team calls a timeout. So it seems like he's more confident just rolling with the same set, whereas. It's like, oh, okay, now I have 40 seconds to recalibrate and completely call a different offense. Yeah, eight penalties for 70 yards. It's a great point by P. Boats, Pat Bodeway. Um, I mean, that's undisciplined football. Dude, Matt Nagy overthinks himself. Like, Matt Nagy tries to reinvent the wheel constantly. And, I mean, the penalties, that's just not even a surprise. Like, we already knew going into this game that Matt Nagy doesn't have full control of uh, – of his team. Let's let's be real here. Like, let's take the blinders off because we just won. Matt Nagy still doesn't have control of this locker room. 
Like he probably bought a little bit of goodwill by leaving a guy like Justin Fields in there because everyone on this team probably feels like they have a better chance to win. But let's not pretend like these guys are just totally bought in here. Like, man, big one is really going off in the comments, but that's fine. That's um, fine. Thanks for listening, big gun. One. Yeah, we, we appreciate we pre- you. Yeah, we love uh, we love different views on this podcast. But, you know, like you said, beat on the number one thing that you should have done in that situation was put the ball in David Montgomery's hands. Like, I don't have how many touches David Montgomery got in this game. We'll probably talk about it on the next show. But I can assure you it was not enough. Like, that's that's the problem. Like, there were so many points where we we gave the ball back far too quick. We asked a little bit too much of a guy in Justin Fields who obviously hasn't gotten first team reps, which Matt Nagy has talked about how unready you know, Justin Fields is to take over. And that's why Andy Dalton's still being trotted out there every week. Where's that excuse now? Because you were obviously putting more trust into his hands where it was obvious that he just does not have that chemistry with the offense yet. And, you know, that doesn't take anything away from Justin Fields. He's an incredible player. The talent is obvious and that chemistry will come, but it doesn't just come overnight. He needs first team reps. I don't care if they want to start Andy Dalton next week. I don't think they can, but they need to give Justin Fields first team reps. He needs to be taking at least half of those so he can build cohesion. The offensive line can understand his cadence because it's a lot of voice and it's a lot of pitch when it comes to cadence as an offensive lineman. And he needs to be able to build chemistry with guys. Cole Komet did not really get a lot of targets today. And that's probably because Justin Fields hasn't seen a lot of Cole Komet. It's that simple. You know, Allen Robinson, it seemed a little bit off with some of the throws. Darnell Mooney, obviously. There was some miscommunication on some of those routes and some of those plays. That's not really any of the players' faults. They just have not played with each other enough. And hopefully this is a wake-up call because a lot of these issues are things that can be easily fixed. It's not mechanical. Justin Fields wasn't staring down receivers. And he was probably running a lot more because there's just not that cohesion in the offense yet. Go ahead, be down. I personally, like, I would like to see Andy Dalton in a full game. I think he did well. And then when Fields came in, I think they kind of went back to, to Nagy with the training wheels. They didn't really – they had, like, two or three shots. And, of course, in typical Bears fashion, one of the shots that was completed, Cole Komet gets an offensive pass interference. And then, like, a couple of the ones that were incompleted were the one in the end zone to Allen Robinson that, like – Brandon Parker, go watch that video, buddy. And then, uh, and then uh, that was an egregious drop. If they oh, call that, yeah. if they don't call that a drop, I'm going to be really upset. And Darnell Mooney dropped one too, so it it wasn't a perfect game. It wasn't a great. Like, no, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong, but not a like greatly played game. Like there's a lot to clean up, but they got away with the win, and that's all you can ask for. Like I, I thought they would win this game, and after that first drive, there was no like there was not a single doubt, and. Uh, no superhero, but I literally drove through the entire fucking game. I had to hear the whole first, like, five, six minutes of the game on the radio. Joniak is the go. Joniak is undeniably yeah. – Joniak and Thayer are so yeah. good. I wish that the TV was synced up with their calls because they're unbelievable. And anytime, like, there, there are times I've been forced to listen to the game instead of watch the yeah. game. And they are, they're always on point, man. And I Sanchez think- did all right. Mm, I don't like the narrative that's coming with Justin Fields, to be honest. I think yeah. he's getting a lot of the typical, um, I mean, just to call it blankly, like he's getting a lot of the African-American coming out of college. He's a running quarterback type narrative, even on the national media. And I don't like that at all. Cause it's like, yeah. how could Shout out Chris Collinsworth? Well, it's how are we ever going to break this cycle that that's just bullshit to even bring up? You know what I'm saying? That's what it really needs to be. Well, dude, and um, I was watching the pregame show um, 
not not the eleven o'clock start, but like the ten o'clock start, kind of the 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 Fox B team with guys like Charles Woodson, Michael Vick, and all them. And uh, Michael Vick and Charles Woodson got into an argument because Charles Woodson make a, made a great point. Charles Woodson said that Justin Fields is not a running quarterback, and you you could see Michael Vick just immediately be like, you know, like just caught off guard. But he makes a good point. He's not a running quarterback. He's not a run first quarterback. We drafted Justin Fields because of his arm talent. The arm talent is what makes Justin Fields special. You can get a lot of quarterbacks that can go out there and run fast and make plays that way. You know, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts who falls to maybe the third round, you know, who who is looks like Second an round. okay quarterback, but he yeah. does not have the arm talent of a guy like Justin Fields. Justin was throwing dimes today. Well, and look at his transition from if you just if you're willing to even just look at the stats, right? And I know stats don't tell the whole story. If you look at his stats from year one in Ohio State's offense to year two, it's completely you could tell he he made a very conscious effort to become a throw first quarterback I could see that in his sophomore year his first year at Ohio State maybe call him a little bit more run first tuck and run a lot and we saw some of that today I think a lot of that has to do is because they don't have a lot installed for him right now and he does the speed of the game so much faster college football linemen are not dropping back and picking off passes like that we had we saw two today Zach Wilson threw four interceptions today. <laughs> Zach Wilson did throw four interceptions today. He did. The Jets are also a dog shit team. They're very bad in a lot of aspects. I didn't see that until I sat down and because I put CBS on uh, to put the the next round of games on, and they were showing because even Davis Mills played today. Uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt today, so today was like fucking thrown into the fire day. And uh, you got to remember, Justin Fields. If you go all the way back to before the kid had hair on his chest and he still sounded squeaky and shit, him and Trevor Lawrence were. Uno and Dos, side-by-side, played against each other in the natty, side-by-side all throughout the college draft process. And then once that last that last game was played, for whatever fucking reason, people thought Zach Wilson was better. God bless those people, because if we had Zach Wilson right now, this would be a very different episode. Yeah, and no, I would not want Zach. Like, not with the Bears. Justin Fields, that's his mom, I actually just put that. Having his mom alone would just I, be terrible. I put that comment up about – that buzz put up, don't ruin him. I don't think the Bears can ruin Justin Fields. I do. I don't. I, th- I don't think his confidence is, is breakable. So while I do see some validity with the point, I, I don't think he can be ruined. It, well, I think he's shown it. Like you can't be 17 years old with cameras in your face being the number one touted guy in Georgia, which Georgia, if high school football is more important, almost as important as fucking Georgia Bulldogs. So when you're there, you can't really expect this guy's confidence to be broken because he had a couple bad plays. And if, he was the anti Cam Newton on that fumble. So sure, you got to protect the ball, but definitely dug and got that ball back. And that's that shows some cojones. Yeah, and you know, kind of kind of the point I was making earlier about his arm talent. Like he's a guy that even if yeah, even if God forbid, like he were to get injured behind this offensive line or something like that, because that's been a big concern about playing him early. He is a guy who I think in his career will age like a fine wine because once he gets relegated to being in the pocket more often, his arm talent will still carry him to being. being That's great. another thing. And even the broadcast was saying, hey, this guy rolls out and throws on the run better than anyone coming out of college. Why aren't there a lot of those built in? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, and that's that's something that if he does play more next week or – Man, that's going to be such a discuss- discussion this week if we're going to start Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, dude. I would not want to be Matt Nagy on a pet, on a on a stool right now, but yeah, that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we do with Justin because even if he comes in for the occasional plays or like the occasional drive because you know we insist on doing the two quarterback system, it's going to be interesting to see if we get more of those rollout 
you know, plays with him. Because, you know, obviously, whether the plays were designed or not, Justin was still taking shots downfield. It, it felt like he was creating a lot of the plays he was making. He wasn't really playing within the offense. For sure. And speaking of the running game, like you said, you think David got Montgomery needed more carries. He actually got 20, but they were so ineffective. And he, I don't understand how – you can be they were ripping, just slamming them up the gut. That's how why. can you be ripping up the the Rams defense with Aaron Donald and all these hogs like Leonard Floyd, who's a great run player? How can you just be gashing off eight, 10, 12 yard runs? And then you come to the Bengals and you're averaging three point yards a clip. He rushed for 20, 20 attempts, 61 yards. And it was a lot of very impressive one yard runs, very impressive back to the line of the scrimmage runs. The dude runs like a grown fucking man. He is by far, even with Justin Fields on the field, he is by far the best offensive player. He's better than Allen Robinson. He's better than Darnell Mooney. He's better than every single player on that field. And he runs like he's got his meat all in and around the table. It's, I mean, at this point, there's there's splinters coming off the wood because that's how much meat this guy puts on the fucking table. He never goes down, too. Like, you, you'll think that he's down, and then he'll pop up and get, like, an extra two or three yards. Obviously, uh... There's times where you can lose the ball and stuff that you don't want to happen happens. But, like, nine times out of ten, he's just getting those extra two yards, falling down, getting back to the huddle. The offense so far this season hasn't looked terrible. Like, I no. I would have liked to see more points today. And I, I think, like, it, after the first drive, there was no getting better than that, right? Like, we're not going to duplicate this, like, four more times. And sure as shit, we're settling for field goals bubble screens and bullshit. And then obviously, like you guys alluded to earlier, this may have been the first time uh, Justin Fields is throwing live passes to, to Robinson and Mooney. He doesn't least, play with them. You know, no, but he doesn't. Nagy never let him play with the fucking starters, like ever. And even though Andy Dalton, he did get very minimal reps, but yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. A cup of coffee. And even though Andy Dalton was running the offense more efficiently, they were moving the ball better. Everything. The offense looked better with Andy Dalton, but the whole team had a spark of energy the second they started that second half with Justin Fields. Defense started playing like the defense again. There is a momentum factor in this game that cannot be accounted for, and that is Justin Fields. He has that it factor. No, yeah, he certainly does. I mean, that's uh, you could feel the energy, Justin Soldier Field, from your TV just immediately amp up Lucas. You could probably hear it outside your window, but like there, there is that dude. It's a, it's a different feel. Cause you know, this guy's the future. I mean, honestly, and I made a tweet about it. Like I felt for Andy Dalton because you could tell he was battling to stay out there. Cause he knew he did not want Justin Fields to go in there and just take his job, you know? And you know, you can't be mad at him for that. You know what I mean? That's, that's a guy that legitimately is still trying to fight to be a starter in this league, you know, and it was against his former team, which is also, you know, an extra kick in the nuts. But, um, you know, I, I, I do feel for Andy Dalton in that sense. I don't think he should be the quarterback, uh, you know, starting moving forward. And I hate guys losing to injury. But I think you have to build off this with, with Justin Fields. You know, beat on, like you said, like we have to give him live reps with these wide receivers. We have to give him work with the offensive line. Like he needs all this. Like if you're going to decide you're going to start him even later in the year, he needs to be ready to fucking go. He needs oh, to be yeah. getting these reps, and that's that starts day one. You know what I mean? You want to prepare your franchise quarterback to take over at any given moment, and it was proof today. As great as Justin Fields is, coaching wise, he was not ready in that sense. Not you know to, what? Not to rain on any parades, but we all know 
that the guy who lets the sun just eviscerate the top of his head is not starting Justin Fields next week against the Browns. They call both sp- are very call very spade a spade. They're very UV challenged. Um, yeah. Both him and his starting quarterback, very, and Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, very bald. Kick, kicking the fiery nuts. You know what I like about this big gun one? I hope you keep listening because he'll just tear us apart. But then he at least he gives us credit for when we make a good point. So I don't mind that at all, big gun one. Like keep keep listening to the show. Dude, one of the one of the biggest guys me and Lucas specifically get along with Jeff Shake. Uh, Jeff just like Schlegel. Daddy, baby. That's Dude, the guy. <laughs> we, we we started out arguing with him all the time, and honestly, he's probably one of my favorite followers on Twitter. I he's love actually guy. hilarious, dude. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Like we we love the banter. We're not an echo chamber podcast. We want to hear all this shit. Like but, come at us. Yeah, to, Ezekiel Elliott's so bad at football now. No, he's not. It's Mike McCarthy. Aaron Jones looked like he couldn't play football until he left, and then he, he still got turned into super a stud. Towel on his back, bro. Hey, but no joke. Um, I just want to put this out for the record. No one has on this podcast has a personal vendetta against Andy Dalton. That's not the case. No, I actually was like pissed when he got hurt too. I was like. This is not it. Like everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields." You saw he wasn't ready. Not saying like he wasn't ready for the moment, but but we Matt want Nagy yeah. also. Matt Nagy also kind of needs that fucking nudge to give him starting reps. I knew this was the only way for it to happen. This was the so only way it was it the, was the unfortunate yeah. thing that was going to happen. I mean, we saw him last year. He got injured. He's an older guy. Like he should not. As much but as I want, love the effort for scrambling, he should not be scrambling like that. But we want Fields to come in. To a game that in the press conference, when when fucking Lock and Fora goes, who's starting this week? It's Justin Fields, and all of our heads explode. Not, hey, go grab your helmet when you're going in. You don't have a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, he may have prepared, he probably prepared for his little packages and stuff, but you saw with some of the things like the false starts, the bad read on the interception. Like, there's going to be people, there were probably people ripping their heads out in the stands, like, oh my God, he threw this pick, blah, 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 blah. Shouldn't have even been a pass attempt play. And there were a few plays there actually where it looked like either A, it was a designed, very slow inverted veer type of play or uh, or inside zone type of play, or it was he was missing his his read on a yeah. you know on an option play because there's there were multiple times where it looked like Justin Fields could have taken taken the ball for quite a bit of yards. So I don't know if that's him. I don't know if it's a play design. But things will get better with Justin Fields. I don't know if you saw, but his college coach even said, or maybe it was his high school coach, Justin kind of has that moment where he looks like he's a little out of place. And then as soon as like the game gets under him a little bit, as soon as he kind of takes that first hit, that first lick, he's able to kind of catch back up. So I think we were able to see that too. As many of the in, inherent throws he made and, and some of the, you know, some of the mistakes he made possibly, I we saw some dime balls that got dropped for touchdowns. We saw some balls as we know that should have been completed passes that should have extended drives that should have put more points on the board, but they didn't. So I can't put everything on Justin Fields. Um, but it's, it's something that needed to happen. He is the future. He is what the bears will be for at least the next three years or four years. You know what I mean? Hope to God he makes it past his rookie contract. Please someone just tell me this kid develops the way he's supposed to, but that's what the future is. And you're not going to, you're, we talked about this a couple shows ago. You are not going to figure out what type of receivers you need to build around him, what type of offensive tackles, what type of guards. You need to see this kid in the game with NFL tape to understand how to build around him. And that's all that – and I, I admitted Andy Dalton was running the offense better. Yes, maybe Matt Nagy was right. I'll eat my fucking crow on that. I have no problem with it. But Justin Fields is the future, and we need to work with that. Also, give Justin Fields input on the offense. 
Don't don't just force it down its throat. Like that's exactly what he did. That's what exactly what Matt Nagy's done in the past. He even tried doing it with Nick Foles last year. Like let him have input. Let him ask Justin, what the hell do you do well? Like, what do you think is going to look good against this defense after watching all the film? You know what I mean? Like, get, give him a shot. But, um, you know, I, I think we kind of should probably diverge a little bit to the defensive side of the ball because I feel like we've been talking about Justin Fields a lot. But, I mean, um, he started. I, I think the fans understand. Yeah, no, that's fine. But um, two things, or I guess one thing I do want to bring up when it comes to the David Montgomery point, and uh, been something that's going to probably show up on quite a few Twitter accounts on film this week, is uh, Sam Mustafer not even just on that one sack. He got his lunch money taken by DJ Reader almost all day. He looked and like a um, undrafted free agent. Yeah, he did, and it, it sucks because I really do like Sam Mustafer. You know, he does have the he does have that you know Notre Dame flair, as B Down would probably put it. But he he had a rough afternoon, and that was actually something that quite a few people were interested to see how he would do this year, and they were a little worried. And that was one of the things, like I said, I'm going to have to watch the all 22 when that inevitably comes back, you know, whenever the hell that's going to happen. But um, they started really, doing it on Fridays now, which is really fucking annoying. Oh, dude, that's so freaking. It's like you're just making sure that no one could use those clips in their in their postgame breakdowns. Literally. But yeah, that was the number one thing. And I think that attributed to uh, Montgomery not having as good of a day as DJ Reader really did some work this week. He's a nice player as well. We were not going to sit here and, and act like he's not a stud. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I did I did not know Wuzier from uh former Dallas Cowboy was on the uh was on Cincinnati Bengals. He was a pretty damn good corner down there as well. And he uh he actually made some pretty good plays on our offense, uh specifically on Allen Robinson a few times there towards the end of the game. Let's actually move on to the defense though and beat on. I'm gonna give you a second here. Just want to start it off by saying there is no reason Marquis Christian should have started that game over Duke Shelley last week. Duke Shelley, as a, if you think about a really good nickel corner, a lot of the times they're in the thick of it, having to make tackles on short, short crosser screens, um, even helping the run game. Duke Shelley is so much more fucking scrappy than Marquis Christian. He made some key tackles today. Even Eddie Jackson they're came like back. They're like skinny linebackers, bro. Yeah. Skinny linebackers, because you need them to do the same thing that you need linebackers to do. They just happen to do it when people are are sprinting full speed. And uh, between Vildor and Shelley, they both played phenomenal in my eyes. And obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna play a perfect game when you're going up against guys like J- Jamar Chase, Tyler Board, or Tyler Boyd, and uh, T Higgins. But the defense looked good. Eddie Jackson had a nice little little peanut punch, get the ball up out of there, and then too, it's like. If you create three turnovers, I would like to see the stat four. If you create four turnovers, I'd like to see the stat of the team that created those four turnovers win loss. Like you, you have to be in a way better position to win the yeah, game. Awesome. That's why, no, I like, you know, but that's that's the beauty of the Bears' experience. It go is. look, dude. Go look at the Lovey Smith defense, man. That was that was like. There's such a correlation of our wins with Lovey Smith's takeaways. Like it, it's huge. The Matt Nagy era, baby. But yeah, uh, overall, like, like I said, a lot can be improved. A lot to to take away from this game, but you want to see them keep that game on ice. That game was on ice, and then, like you said, Lucas, like it's twenty to three. Ironically, or ironically enough, the way this happened was fucking wild. Uh, I, I had so I was listening to the game most of the time, and then again, I was on my way back from Ann Arbor, which. A, a football game was played and points were scored, and that's all we'll say on it. Um, but and I, you, you got 
Fuck you, Duke. Fuck you, Duke. We're going to beat the shit out of you guys at Soldier Field. I was like, I had my phone like sideways in the little cup holder and I had it plugged into the aux cord so I could like listen to it and then kind of peek down to see what's happening. And like right as the pick happened, just almost like the biggest accident almost happens in front of me. And I'm just like, this is this is destiny. I'm like, I got to get home in one piece. And the Bears have got to find a way to win this fucking football game because this is so aggravating right now. And and I think we're kind of in line here with what we were saying last week. The Bears, we don't know. Maybe with Justin Fields, they'll be good enough to beat good teams, but they're definitely not a, a team that's like good enough like last year, where you're guaranteed to beat a bad team. Like they are, they they're wishy washy. I feel like we're gonna have a lot of ugly games like this because as many good things that happened, we had just as many bad things. And it's like the defense had everything so tightened up, everything was clicking, clicking, clicking. It looked like an old Bears defense, and then sure enough. We have Kendall Vildor covering Jamar Chase. I love Kendall Vildor. Played a lot better this week than he did last week. You have zero business having Kendall Vildor play Jamar Chase, who was the number four or what, five overall fucking pick by himself, especially in a crucial time of the game when they're trying to make a comeback. Like, that is insane to me. He is a fifth-round, fourth-round player who plays above his draft spot. He does. He is not the type of player that should be playing one-on-one with a number five overall. I wish we could have seen Jalen Johnson travel with um jamar chase the whole time because to me i think you know you got a better chance with vildor even though t higgins is a bigger body i think you got a better chance with vildor on higgins um and that's just i don't know that's just kind of how, how about, i would have played it but they did look 100 times better not as many big plays today there was only two big plays that really happened um and they weren't at gut-wrenching times where it was like that they had control of the game. We'll just say it that way. And it's against a much more inferior offense. They do have some great weapons over there. Joe Mixon actually looked pretty nice. But it – okay. Okay, big gun one. You're going to stop me in the middle of a point. I uh, I think Pace has some blame, definitely. I think he has 50% of the blame. I think him and Matt Nagy collaborated together to deteriorate this roster. But I do know that this roster was on an upswing until Matt Nagy got here. That could be a coincidence. It could be because they went all in and had to trade a bunch for Khalil Mack and pay him while they paid Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel all in the offseason. Maybe they just put too much chips in the the center here. But I do know that this roster was ascending until 2019, 2020, and then 2021. That's my only – we did take Andy Dalton in and got rid of Kyle Fuller. So I one thing I do want to clear up, because last week I feel like I was going at Sean Desai quite a bit. I do have to give him credit for kind of uh, working with what he's been given, especially at slot. You know, I, I've, I'm obviously a big Duke Shelley guy. I've been I haven't been quiet about that. And there were a lot of people complaining about Duke Shelley during the game. And I understand it. It makes it makes sense why they were complaining. You know, Duke Shelley was giving up a lot of chunk plays. You know, he was giving up yardage underneath. But that's what a slot corner has to deal with. You know what I mean? And this is his first regular season game action. He wasn't even active last week for reasons we still don't fully understand. You know, it was, it was a clear upgrade. Um, There was nobody taking us, taking the top off of defense from the slot. Um, I think Duke Shelley is a lot more sure of a tackler. I'm really glad you made that point, Lucas, because that's really where, um, that's really where I, I see a lot of his benefit coming from. Um, And I think, you know, Kendall Vildor, I, I do think he got burned there at the end, but I think up to that point, he had a pretty nice game as well. Um, it's not going to be perfect. You know, I think a lot of people are still trying to bring in that 2018 defense and think that it's still there. And it's just not like we have pieces. Don't get me wrong. We have young pieces who will probably look better next year 
or look better moving forward. Hell, look at look at the growth of a guy like Roquan Smith from year one to now. You know what I mean? Like, there's players on this defense. You know, even Blyle uh, Nichols, that your boy uh, Lucas, that's your boy. He's grown every single year as well. You know what I mean? That's that's something that the defense has to come together. That's going to be under Sean Desai. That's going to be up to him. You know, I think this is a step in the right direction with how everything was used. I think only giving up 17 points to the Bengals is a pretty damn good game and only giving up three until the end. You know, this this defense is going to have to learn how to close, and that's going to be a lot on Sean Desai being able to call plays to close. That was one thing that Vic was really good at, was being able to call defense in the fourth quarter. He was he was pretty, uh, pretty undefeated unless you were playing the Packers. You know how, and if you want a 2018 defensive comparison, what – Akeem Hicks or 2017, because that's when they really got broke back into the top 10. That's three years in Vic's system. That's when they came back. 2017 defense, Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan, that's what Bilal Nichols and Roquan Smith are. I mean, it is like we have – but we've upgraded at both positions. Uh, no, we've upgraded that middle linebacker. We haven't upgraded over Akeem Hicks with Bilal Nichols. Bilal Nichols does play like he's got a meat helicopter. Yeah, no, Blau Nichols is definitely a stud. I mean, I mean, he plays well. He plays well every single game. There's never a time where you're like, wow, man, Nichols was just getting bitched by this offensive lineman. Sure, you'll see a play or two where he gets beat, but there's never a time where he's outmatched or getting just his dick handed to him. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, and that's that's what I mean. Like, at no point in this game did our defense just get the fucking get it handed to him. At no point. You know, even even with Joe Mixon, we didn't get torn apart by Joe Mixon. We didn't get torn apart by Joe Burrow. Like we we had him under duress almost his entire game. Joe Burrow is going to make plays, especially to his college teammate, Jamar Chase, who he just happened to have one of the greatest college football seasons of all time. Won a national uh, won a national title going undefeated and a Heisman Trophy with that guy being his number one receiver. Those plays are going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? So I don't want to get too big on Kendall Vildor. It's obviously something he's going to get ripped on in, in film, but that's stuff we're going to have to accept this year we're not going to have the top five defense in the league i'm sorry that's just not where we're at but if we can hover around top 10 hell even top 15 we can stay in ball games and if, if our offense can even take somewhat of a step forward which i think it automatically will with a guy like justin fields as long as he gets first team reps i think this team can compete it, it's not going to win a super bowl i'm not going to sit here and be delusional but i'm going to say on a week-to-week basis we stand a chance as long as the defense plays like it did today i think we can do it and I think that 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 starts the continuity. I think everyone who started on defense today needs to start every week moving forward. Well, and we've seen over the years that 17 is that magic number. We need to get a, over 17, and we usually hold a team to at or around 17 points. So today uh, you would have liked to see them climb. I'm sure Lucas would have liked to see them climb into like plus 24 and a half, maybe like 28 or something like that. I don't know. Well, what did you need? That game would have went over if the first quarter didn't go the way it did. If the Bears could score, <laughs> if the Bears could score in the red zone, that game would have went fucking over. Yeah. So. Either way, either way, uh, these are early season things that you can expect. Like this team will get better on offense. Let's hope that there's some sort of consistency. And we, like we all know, it's probably not going to be Justin Fields right away. It'll probably still be Andy Dalton. It, you know, unless he is absolutely unplayable, but. Just get behind whoever's on this team. It's going to be a weird season. It could be a season where we end up around 500. It could be a season where we're like 5-12. and 12. We just really don't know at this point. I, th- I think as long as we can compete and we don't have a complete meltdown midseason like we did last year, 
I think we can be a decent team, especially in the NFC North this year. Um, I I know I'm going to be watching Monday Night Football like a hawk because I want to see go Lions. uh, I want to see if the Green Bay Packers come out exactly like they did against the Saints because. If that happens, there's probably some issues in that locker room, and that could fall apart real quickly, which means the NFC North is wide open. I'm not saying we're going to make well, a ton of noise the You saw the Panthers playoffs, smack the shit out of the Saints today, too. So it's just like I know that law doesn't usually carry over, but it's like what is going on in the NFC outside of the Rams and the Bucks? You know what Bro, I'm saying? Sam, like, what Sam is Darnold finally got away from the Jets, man. Yeah. That's what that's it's, what it's crazy when It's crazy when systems um, – change things it really yeah. does make a difference and it's uh, as much as because i mean the 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 chief's offense is the standard it's the gold standard for offenses in the nfl i think the rams is up there as well but the chiefs do have that offense and it's a great in theory to think that we could have this very advanced offense where every running back has an option route and every wide receiver has an option route and your quarterback's got to be a genius to run it but i think it's been proven time and time again that sean mcveigh system helps quarterbacks grow especially when they're younger it takes quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and gives them resurgent seasons average guys making them above average in the top 10 it's taking guys like Matthew Stafford who we all knew was a very good player but couldn't do much with the team he was on and turned him into an MVP candidate at this point it took a guy like Aaron Rodgers who was falling off and turned him into an MVP candidate at this point you see Joe Burrow in it it's just I'm not going to sit here and harp about Matt Nagy and how much of a dog shit coach he is after a win, but all the red flags were still there. All the red flags were still there. And as much as people don't want to admit it, this was as must win of a game for a team in week two as there ever has been. It does come from Mike Shanahan. You're right. But right now our, our target audience here is um, like probably 17. So I'm sorry, big gun one. We will, uh, it did start, it started for John Elway. So I appreciate you, uh, coming on here. I actually really appreciate you in general, just talking shit to us this whole time. It's been fun. So definitely come back next week. Um, But no, overall, I just, it's, it's, it's clear, you know, like this system is not going to be something that helps Justin Fields grow, but we needed to win this game because I mean, quick preview for the Browns game, probably going to get our dick stomped. No. And if we started out 0-3, it was going to be difficult. I've already talked myself into a win next week. Bigger beating the Brownies. (laughs) They're a good team, dude. Fuck the Browns. Fuck them all. That's, We're gonna that's, beat them. It's gonna they be looked really like doo doo today. They only beat the Texans by ten. They were the Texans hung all game. Dude, the Especially Texans are like they had Davis Mills. The Texans, Texans are one are of those like teams surprisingly good at football this year. They're just so they're just so bad that they're. Good. I thought they were gonna be the worst team of like all time. I thought they were literally gonna be like zero and zero and seventeen. Like I thought they were just gonna be terrible, and they're not. Uh, I think uh, you know, and I know you love Watson, but I think a lot of people put stock put a lot of stock in how good Watson is and how much he made things go on that team. But oh, there's yeah. there's still players on that team. You know what I mean? They're not they're not completely worthless. They're the I same also, as uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're so bad that they're kind of scary. Yeah. I also feel like the Deshaun Watson situation is like the weirdest situation we've ever dealt with in sports with a uh, a pro athlete. Like we just haven't seen or heard anything about what's going on and he was in camp or was he in camp or not? I don't know, but we're actually not uh, going to touch on that a ton because yeah. that's probably not the, probably not the I'm best thing saying, to talk about. I'm just saying, we don't no, know. Like, we don't know what's going what on. I'm saying. We don't know. Literally that's, that nothing. Is the that is line. the weirdest fucking part. This is 2021 that where everything is available on here. Everything is available in two seconds. Something don't add up. You can, if people want to cancel me for bringing that up, go fuck yourself. 
I don't. <laughs> I don't know. No reason why none of this stuff is out there, bro. I don't know, man. It, it's thing. just it's a wild situation, and I think them keeping him inactive says a lot in its own sense because of yeah. how much he's getting paid. I don't know, man. Like I just I don't like speaking on stuff until we get like all the facts. We just don't know the facts. That's all it is. It's not. Yeah, it's not like I don't. I just we don't know what the facts are. That's what I'm saying, though. Usually the we, facts are out in public. Usually everything <laughs> is on the table. Especially, dude, it's fine. Well, unless you're Matt Nagy. Then if, this is the reason, if this is the reason why you don't want to listen to this podcast, we don't need you anyway. So that's fine. Big Gun 1 says our viewership will go up 300%. Yeah. So we, Big we Gun 1, I want to buy you. We made you a good beef. friend today. I want to buy you a burger, a hot dog, whatever the fuck you eat. I'm, I got you, dog. Dude, Lucas will probably pour you some red wine. Like make you some good like minestrone or something like that. Cold cut meats on the table with, with <laughs> a little cheese. Yeah. All right. We've we've gone completely off the hinges. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas on Tap. If you're looking for someone to cancel, it's Beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez, <laughs> and we have that pod guy Duke, Mr. Duke Coughlin. Thank you guys so much for listening and bear down. Curiosity canceled the Don. Bear down. <laughs> Bear down. Yeah.